Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to She Speaks Life podcast. I have a good friend here. Her name is Melanie. And I'm really excited to have her share her story of the powerfulness of redemption and getting through the pains and the struggles and have it just bring hope to us. Uh, She is part of Trades of Hope. It's an organization helping women who may be going through some difficult circumstances to give them an opportunity for a better life. And much like Trades of Hope, She Speaks Life, we both love to share the God stories and how women can really just change their story from the pain and the struggle all the way into hope. So they're really doing a lot for women and I'm just so proud of Melanie and the organization that she's with and I can't wait for you to hear this powerful testimony today. So hi Melanie, how are you? Hi Jamie, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for using this wonderful platform to share other women's stories. Yeah, of course. So just for the listeners and even myself, just if you want to just share a little bit about yourself and then we can just roll right into your your story that you have to tell us. Sure, sure. So my name is Melanie Sanukian and I am a mom of four kids and I have a lot of God stories to share. I mean, <laughs> lots has, has happened in the 44 years of my life yeah. and I feel really grateful. Uh, There's a lot of ups and downs, as we can all relate to. But the one I definitely would love to share about is the last almost four years that I have spent with this organization. It's a missional business called Trades of Hope. And we do. We we empower women around the world out of poverty and trafficking and sweatshops and slums. And we do it through business and beauty. Actually, we're not we're not a nonprofit. There's definitely a place for nonprofits, but as far as like long term breaking the cycle of poverty and people having fair wages to take the place of any income that they were receiving in trafficking, or to get themselves out of sweatshop environments and get into fair trade environments, it requires them participating and becoming the heroes of their own stories. Mm. And so, I've been. So overjoyed to be a part of this. It's been a lot of layers of learning, as most things are that we that yep. we walk into. And I have just had the opportunity to share, with permission, our artists and partners' stories. I've traveled to Haiti and to Costa Rica to meet them, and then when we have our annual Inspire retreats each year in Orlando, where the company is based, we get to hear. They bring in our artists and partners, and we get to hear more of their stories. So. I think I would say, with definitely with what Jamie was doing, is not only are we called to share our testimonies and our God stories, but I think God calls us to enter into other people's stories. Wow, and sometimes yeah. we have the opportunity to connect with one another and to share each other's stories. And so I just thought I'd share a couple of the artists and partners' stories and about how this dignified partnership with them has actually encouraged me in my story. Mm, I love that, yeah. 
So I'll start, maybe I'll just share three of our artisan partners' stories, and I'll start with Yaa. Yaa is a woman in Cambodia, and she came with on with us right before I joined Trace of Hope. And unfortunately, part of her story is that she was acid attacked, which is kind of common in places like Cambodia and India, and that means someone, she doesn't share the details of this, which I understand, but someone decided to throw acid on her one day, and it changed everything. Mm. She couldn't find a job. She was ostracized in her community. She never thought she'd get married or have children, and it was just devastating. And mm-hmm. uh, she shares her testimony on our on our website. But when you purchase a product made by our artisans, it actually comes to a really beautiful packaging, and it has a tag with a picture of an artisan and a, and a story about what country it's from. We work in 16 different countries, and... But for obvious reasons, Yaw, when she first joined us, didn't didn't want her picture taken to put on those tags. And so, obviously, that's understandable. We're very honoring to our artists and partners and their cultures, and we really are a people before product or before profit company. Yeah. But six months into working with us and getting fair wages that enabled her to take care of herself, where she was eventually inviting other women like in her same circumstance into this, where she was able to receive counseling and therapy for healing. She wrote our company six months after joining us and said, you know what, I'm I'm ready to have my picture taken now because Aww. I'm a businesswoman Aww. and I'm proud of who I am and what I get to do. Aww. And fast forward four years later, we got to hear at one of our local trainings her story. And we're not allowed to share it with the public because, again, we need to keep these women safe. Mm-hmm. But we, as part of the company, got to hear her story even further. And what's really amazing is she went from a person who hid in her home and and was afraid to go out because she would be ridiculed because people assume you deserve what happened to you if that's happened to you. And she's gone from that person to walking boldly through the market to purchase the food that she needs and the items that she needs to make the pro- products. She's invited other women in. They have, we have a group there now. And she shared with us that she actually got married and... Uh, she had a baby boy in January of this wow. year. Wow. And that's what made me cry. I was like, oh, wait. And this is something she never thought would be possible. Right. But what I've noticed with these women is that when you, there, if anyone's heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you picture a triangle and at the very bottom base of that triangle, if those basic needs that we all need are met, like food, clothing, shelter, and you don't have to live in that survival mode anymore, then you are able to open up other needs that you didn't even know were there. And mm-hmm. so what we're seeing across the board with the 13,000 women that we work with is that they start to dream again. Like this dignity opens up a hope that they never knew was possible. Mm-hmm. And leave it to women, what they, they love to do then is, and how we naturally are as women is when you empower one woman out of poverty, she naturally brings four others with her. And so the exponential impact is incredible. And so I'll move to our next artisan story, which is Miss Florence from Uganda. If you actually go to YouTube and search Trades of Hope Miss Florence, she's one of our favorite artisan partners. It's one of the videos that's been watched the most. Okay. And she shares, yeah, she shares the story that she was a Sudanese refugee that fled to Uganda. I think she's just a natural, like, go-getter, you know, like, passionate woman. But after joining Trades of Hope, has been able to send her son to university through this work. She's one of those that has created also an artisan, a group of women in um, Uganda that have just 
it's been amazing the development that we've seen. But she has risen to a level of leadership in her community. Like once the men actually see these beautiful women, like being able to provide for their families and give generously to their community, she's actually adopted a few kids who were not her own but needed a family. It's just amazing the kind of respect that women are getting in cultures where ordinarily they weren't necessarily receiving respect. Mm. So we're seeing that change. So when you, I, there's this great quote: "When you educate a girl, when you educate a woman, you actually educate a nation." And so we're seeing that happen in the 16 countries that we're in in a really neat way because we even donate 10% of what we do to funding various schools in the locations that we're at. Mm, so and so cool. the neat thing update about Miss Florence that we learned in our last uh, conference together is that she has built a house for herself. And now when I went to Haiti, I got to tour the women's homes. These are single moms with multiple kids that own homes in Haiti. And that is unheard of there. But we pay everyone a fair wage. We're part of the Fair Trade Federation. And so they are getting well taken care of and able to take care of their families well in a holistic way. Mm -hmm. But as you can imagine, homes in Haiti don't look like homes here. Right. And they still have noticeable upgrades, concrete instead of dirt floors, windows instead of just living in a hot box, things like that. But Miss Florence's house in Uganda, it looks like a big, beautiful house made mm-hmm. of brick with the details on the windows, a beautiful door. I mean, I was just so moved. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as someone, I live in a small home because it's so expensive to live here and we're <laughs> trying to look to upgrade with four kids all squeezed into the space and, you know, yeah. turning into big, tall teenagers and wanting to give them more space, like... I was so overjoyed that Florence had a home that I would want to live in. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just feel like every, everyone deserves that. Yeah. And so we are. Amazing. It's just confirmation that we're treating our artists and partners well. Because sometimes people wonder, like, well, how do you know how much they're getting paid? And we've seen it. It's, it's so powerful. And it was neat because her son who went to university was the one who talks on the video, which is really cool to see him. So, yeah. So that's so Miss cool. Florence. And it's just neat to hear these updates with our artists and partners. And the last one I'll share about is a woman in Haiti. I actually don't know her name because it was an interaction my friend had. We both went to Haiti on different trips with our fellow compassion entrepreneurs. And I don't know her name because I didn't have this interaction. I actually got to sit with Elvina at the bead rolling table. They, you know, they cut these cereal boxes, donated cereal boxes into big long triangles, and then they rolled them into beads. And then I got to sit with another artist then at the clay tables. And you just chit-chat with them, and then they they laugh because you're not nearly as good at doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And we recognize that we need each other. I have, I have a picture on my Facebook page of me, of me and Elvina, and we're laughing. Mm-hmm. And we're laughing because she's laughing at my cereal box beads coming I apart. And how she, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she could make twice as many as I could. Anyway. Laughing so at your work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we recognize, like, they do quality work that we could never begin to do. Right. And they need us and we need them, and that's why it's dignifying. Mm-hmm. But what really hit that dignified partnership home was my friend Amy, who went on the trip right before me to Haiti, when she sat next to her artisan partner. Her artisan partner said in Creole, through a translator, she said to my friend Amy, thank you so much for helping me feed my children. Mm-hmm. And my friend Amy with such wisdom and quick response said in English through the translator, well, thank you for helping me feed my children. Mm. And the artisan partner put her head down on the table and she wept 
Wow. And here's why. And so this is uh, this is like three and a half years of me doing this, and I'm recognizing that not only when we meet these needs, these out of survival mode, and you finally have a chance to dream again, and not only do women bring more women with them because they're natural, community-oriented, and relational people, but those women in Haiti who were camping out with their babies outside of the artisan part workshops hoping to get a job, who don't want to turn their kids over to orphanages because they want to take care of them themselves. Right. Not only do they and everyone else, because God puts this in us, not only do they want to take care of their own, but they want to know that what they're doing has a global impact. Wow. They want to be having an impact on someone else across the world. And that... it was just a new layer of understanding with what I do. Yes, and so cool. That's what's been one of my great joys, but we are giving these artisan partners a dignified opportunity to help us feed our kids. Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't suffer with the level of poverty that they do, of course. But what we have so much more in common than we are different. And I need to put food on our table. And my husband's teaching job it is not enough to be able to do that. And so me making an income, which some people, and even I at the beginning was like, oh, am I making money off of poor people? Is that weird? No, I've come full circle to be able to totally defend what we do because if I were just volunteering to do this, I wouldn't be able to give it the time that I am and I probably wouldn't still be doing it because volunteerism leads to burnout in a lot of cases. And I've met other vendors at different events that do volunteer work and 100% the money goes back to the women, and that sounds so good, but I've talked with two different women that one leads a group in Madagascar that we ended up eventually partnering with with Trades of Hope because it was just up to she and her husband to travel to Madagascar and do all of these events all themselves, and when I asked her how it was going, she said, we can't sell the stuff fast enough, so we had to tell them to stop making the product, yeah. and that's devastating, but yeah. when you partner with Trades of Hope, you've got, you know... 7,000 women in the United States that can sell those products and we're, we're you know having this exponential impact with this marketing army of sisters that are doing this and I'm working like my friends who work at World Vision and legitimate awesome nonprofits that are doing good things Compassion International they get paid they get paid a salary to right. but, but somehow mm-hmm. we see it differently and I'm working really hard and I'm actually using the giftings and skills that God's given me to advocate for our artisan partners and I'm that I get some income for doing it because I do need to put food on my table and I have a second kid going into private school after homeschooling and there's things that we need to do and I'm able and it feels dignifying if we were just the great white hope rescuing everybody out of poverty with our volunteerism and our charities and our you know writing checks but not worrying about where that money goes or how it impacts their economy then we're not we're not dignifying them as equal partnerships and so it's just a new way of rethinking breaking the cycle of poverty and charity giving people charity versus an opportunity right right so we, we hear that idea that you give a man a fish you feed him for a day if you teach a man to fish you feed him for a lifetime but if you give that man a fishing business you change his community and you change his family for generations yeah so when Big you impact. give him more yeah, more than just education, but an opportunity to earn income and to provide for his community. Like when we give free rights to people in Haiti after the earthquake, they need that for that initial emergency time. Mm-hmm. But when we're still giving them free, free rice years later, we're actually putting the Haitian rice farmers out of business. Because why would their local people purchase from them when they can just go pick up the free American rice? 
So we need to right. really rethink how we're approaching charity, how we're approaching handouts and those kinds of things. And really, people want most people want an opportunity and not just charity. So yeah. that's what we're doing. We're hearing stories of redemption because of it. That's so cool. I love it. Now, how did you get involved in Trades of Hope? Or how did this compassion for other women across global nations, how did how did that all start? Yeah, that is a, that's a great question. I, for a time, I was like, I think I was 10 years into parenting and love it. It's my first calling. Love my kids. It's hard, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. And I think I was starting to feel like the walls were closing in a little bit. Like, I w- I'm a lifelong learner, so I've long been out of school, but I'm still learning about things that were going on around the world. And I think with social media, it's getting, it's getting smaller. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing these stories about women, moms, just like me, in other countries around the world with not nearly the same opportunity I had, not nearly the same education, not nearly what getting what they need and being so taken advantage of and so vulnerable. But And, and so I wanted to like do more than just put diapers on my kids and yeah. do more than just invest in my own my own people. So that was one prayer request, like, how can I have a global impact? Like, I'm more and more aware of these things, and I want to do something about it. Right. And I think that's a God thing inside of us, that that's that stirring, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, completely separate was, okay, four kids in Santa Barbara, we're not going to make it if I don't work in some way, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so that was a completely separate prayer request. Well, then I had dinner with a friend. And she was wearing this beautiful, one of our beautiful bracelets, the Offer of Hope Cuff set. We still have it. We, do, we get new products a lot, but this is one of those that's been one of the top sellers. And it was shiny and reflected the light. And finally went out to dinner, an uninterrupted meal. You know, we got babysitters for our kids. And I literally was so drawn to it that I, I think I interrupted her and said, I was like, this bracelet, it's so unique. Like, what? tell me about it. Which is totally ironic because at that season in my life, I was absolute ponytail yoga pants. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. I put in a pair of studs and sleep in them for three months. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Weren't I, we all? <laughs> yeah, we were all like that with the littles, and oh I'm still gosh. like that unless I have to get dressed up. <laughs> I know, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So I was not one who noticed people's style or anything like that. So that's kind of a fun byproduct of this. Is that I? I mean, I'm. If you would have told my five year ago self that I'd be wearing blue tassel earrings like I am today, yeah. I would have laughed at you. Right. But it's so fun because it's made by women in Thailand, and yeah, I'm proud to connect with them and think of them when I put them in. So, so anyway, she just was like, "Oh yeah, it's this new company. I just joined. My friends in high school in Florida told me about it. They are women out of poverty by selling beautiful things that they make." And I was like, it literally was like that was the hook in my heart that has never come out. I would mm. thought it was the most genius move. I joked with the the founders, which are two mother-daughter pairs, mm-hmm. that founded this company. The girls were 15 and 17 when they founded it. Wow. And I know it's amazing. That's a whole other cool thing. Oh. And I told them, because I've got to know them now personally, that I was joking. I'm like, is there is there room for a fifth founder? Because I think this is one of the most genius ideas. <laughs> like, I wish I had thought of it myself. Like, how what a win-win yeah. to use beauty to... You know, I mean, I just thought it was genius. And so I went home that night, and I watched YouTube videos till 2 in the morning crying about all the different stories. Oh, yeah. And I was sold. I told my friend, I'm like, I want to host a party. I want to use the hostess rewards to earn my kids. I want to sign up. I've got to do this. And my husband, God bless him, has been quite supportive. I know it's a little hard sometimes for husbands to understand, like, where is this coming from? You just came home a different human. <laughs> what are you crying about? You know? Yeah. But he just knew, like, oh, okay, this is, you're 
your thing. And every time I have a new, like, remember I called from the conference last year, and I was like, remember how I thought I would kind of, like, go a little more low-key in my business? Well, it's just announced that if you sell $50,000 next year, you get a free trip to visit our artists and partners in Guatemala. And he did it without missing a beat. He's like, go for it. <laughs> You're going to do it, you know? Yeah. So You're a doer. It's really awakened, like, yeah, it's awakened this goal-drivenness in me that I didn't even know was there, and mm-hmm. it has these, like, great tangible rewards, like you earn free earrings when you sell, you know, whatever, and I didn't even know I was a goal-driven person, and you don't, when you're a mom, you don't have any of these tangible rewards to, to point to, you know, you're just, like, hoping when they're adults, they're going to be, like, contributing members to society, but there's not a whole lot of rewards along the way, Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's kind of been nice, too, they dangle a fair trade carrot in front of me and I'm like yes I want to get that so it's been a it's a neat reawakening for me as well oh I love that I love how God just stirs our heart up and just you know pursues us tugs on our heartstrings and then we're like oh yeah that's what he wants me to do and just love your heart for those other women and just the everything that the Trades of Hope does for others globally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just being, yeah, hands of feet of Jesus. And I love Mm -hmm. the product. I mean, it really is. I went on there to view the products. Gorgeous jewelry. Oh, high quality. On trend. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I I saw a cuff on there that I want already. So. Mm, Yes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, so good. Well, so do you have like a, a takeaway you could just give our, our friends here that are listening that they can just yeah, reflect on? Definitely. I think now that I've been doing this um, almost four years and I've actually grown in the company, I'm one of the directors now and I have a, a team of amazing women that do this underneath me. And it's kind of cool because it's the direct sales model. So many of those direct sales companies that we think of, but we turn it on its head and we actually pay our artists and partners fair wages. And so I went from someone who was, like, afraid of a home party to, like, oh, my gosh, this is the best way to do our business Mm because we don't have any brick-and-mortar stores that we have to pay overhead for and all this stuff that makes us, you know, the prices cheaper and they basically empower everyday wonder women, I like to call us, Mm -hmm. to do this in as much or as little as we want and to, you know, put it into snatches of time in our own full lives. And it's just, it's such a gift. And I guess my takeaway would be I just did a really, like, emotional – I was telling Jamie, I listened to a podcast from The World and Everything in It, which I highly recommend, and it was the first of a three-part series on trafficking. And it worked out that it started now because today is the hashtag end it movement where we want to end human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And there's a sign on our Trade of Hope website that says not for sale. And I just was overcome anew, just wept afresh about the devastating, heinous evil that is sex trafficking and how how creative and manipulative and effective they are at what they do and mm-hmm. I just I challenge all of us that those of us that are privileged enough to not be in a situation where we're vulnerable to trafficking that we then need to be on the other side fighting it and so I encourage everyone to figure out what they can do it is modern day slavery has more slaves now than we did any slavery in the past mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so intense that we need all hands on deck in whatever way that looks like. So I want to challenge women on this day to figure out how you can make an impact. And I want to encourage us to look past our self-doubt, look past our ideas of what can we do as one person, and 
really consider kind of what our calling is to, to reach into other people's stories as dark and hard as they are to make a difference. And I even told myself when I shared this with my team, I said, you know, weeping in the car is not enough. Like mm-hmm. that those, my tears can't buy their family's food, but when I sell their products, then they can buy their family food and they don't have to rely on sending one of their kids to the local brothel once a week to feed the family. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's yeah. hard to hear that stuff. It's so hard, but I want to encourage, like, I know so many tender-hearted, compassionate, amazing women, but we need to be as intense and putting our passion into action as we do feeling deeply about things. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage people, figure out, like, find something locally because it's becoming so much more aware and prevalent. There's local chapters popping up all over the U.S. where you can get involved. And, of course, I would encourage you one of the easiest ways, and, and I know that I'm making a difference every day with Space of Hope, is we'd love more women to join us. We actually have other artisan groups that have applied to join us, but we don't have enough women here in the United States to sell the products and to market their gorgeous handmade materials. And so we're always looking for more women to do that. And if you want to know how, you can. I think Jamie will probably post you know, the website yep. on there. You can find me on Facebook, Melanie Sanukian. It's a big, long Armenian last name. <laughs> I know. I, I wasn't. I know. It's, I, a, it's a big one. Yeah. I wasn't about to pronounce it. So I'm glad, I know, I'm I glad know. you it's are. so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sanukian with a silent J. Who knew? And then I'm also at She Sourceful, like resourceful, but like she is resourceful. She's sourceful on Instagram. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. But I think it's just time for these sweet, tender, compassionate women to move past self-doubt, to move past fears, and decide, I'm going to be part of the solution. And, and it's going to be requiring me to be bold and to grow, outgrow my fears and to put away my self-doubt. And whenever I start to go back into that place, this life is hard and having a business is hard and everything. I always think about our artists and partners. But first of all, they don't have a plan B. They don't have a safety net. Right. They need this job. And if we don't sell their products, then they don't have a way to feed their families and to send their kids to school and to break that cycle of poverty. And so I always think their problems are harder than mine. It's time for me to put my big girl pants on, Mm -hmm. ask God to empower me, and continue to go about my business and and be bold and not worry about what people think or make assumptions that people won't like it or whatever it is. And I've been able, like God put in his favor, on my business and, mm-hmm. and, and people know that I'm genuine and passionate about this and so we're just always looking for more women like the everyday wonder women that are willing to say you know what I'm going to take a risk and yeah. I'm going to do this and so would love to talk about more there's ways of doing it on the website it's a really inexpensive buy-in for kids with fair trade products and everything you need to know and so I can share more details if people are interested but that would be my takeaway is put your passion put your compassion put your grief over what's going on in the world into action because mm-hmm. we need the good guys to do and be as effective as the bad guys. Yeah, so good, Melanie. Well, words of wisdom. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on here and just really shining God's light onto others and encouraging a action to help mm-hmm. others globally. So thank you so yeah. much. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Well, thank you being a platform and, and for caring about sharing women's stories. I mean, that's 
Yeah. That's how we get to know God more. That's how he speaks through us and works through us. And so you're just totally on to something, and I can't wait to keep pointing women in your direction. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. I know this was a treat. I'm honored to even have these testimonies sent all the way from Haiti and Uganda. And <laughs> so this is, cool? yeah, really cool. This fills my heart up, really. It's, good, good. yeah, this is overflowing yeah. well, joy. Well, I'm thinking too, in, our, in this world, we really need, this is kind of a word God sort of impressed upon my heart a few weeks ago, and I've just been mulling over it, but we need to search for the stories that aren't being told. You yeah. know, mainstream media is not trying to share hope with us, right? Right, right. And the, argue, the, the extreme arguments happening on Facebook between people who won't listen to each other, they're not going to share hopeful stories, you know, to us. And so we need to search for those stories. We need to be a part of those stories. We need to share those stories because there's, there's so much more happening. Like for me to go to Haiti for a week and come back with stories of hope, that was shocking for people. Mm-hmm. Like I got to share at my church, like to walk into the artisan partner's place and like see the color on the walls and hear them singing and those aren't the reports we get about Haiti but that's what's going on there and so we need to, to share the stories that aren't being told yeah and I encourage women to do that and that's what you're doing yeah that's so cool yeah I love that well thank you again and uh, my pleasure. My pleasure yeah hopefully we're gonna have you back on here with mo- more stories to share oh yeah yeah anyone who knows who knows i always got, I always got more stories maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool i'm happy to do it again it'd be fun that's awesome okay we'll talk to you later thanks jamie thank you bye-bye bye thank you so much for listening today I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.